0: TV, your city, your source.
1: Good evening. My name is Lindy Eichenbaum-Lent, and I am honored to serve as the Executive Director of the Civic Center Conservancy. On behalf of the Civic Center Conservancy and our co-host Denver Parks and Recreation and the Better Denver Bond Program, we want to thank you all very much for joining us tonight. Special thanks to the Denver Art Museum for allowing us to use this beautiful space. We know that many of you and the organizations you represent have been strong advocates for Civic Center and for that, we thank you. The Park People, Downtown Denver Partnership, Historic Denver, Colorado Preservation Inc, CHUN, Golden Triangle, Colorado Historical Society, our neighbors at the Library and Art Museum, the list goes on and on. Thank you all. The Civic Center Conservancy is a nonprofit organization formed five years ago to help the city and county of Denver restore, enhance, and activate Denver's historic Civic Center Park. Following the models of conservancies across the country, we advocate and fundraise for infrastructure enhancements and produce public events to attract people and activity to this historic public space. I'd like to ask the conservancy board members who are here tonight to please stand so we can thank you for your years of service. We embrace the vision of a Civic Center that is safe, well-maintained and vibrant with activities, amenities and enhancements that will allow our community to reclaim this historic urban oasis as the dynamic public asset it deserves to be. Please keep an eye out for the launch of our website and membership program later this year as we want to engage the community at large in preserving Civic Center's past and shaping its future. As you will hear from tonight's speakers, This kickoff is one step in a long journey, a journey that began more than a century ago with Mayor Spears' city-beautiful inspired vision and continued in more recent years through the creation of the 2005 Civic Center Park Master Plan, the passage of the 2007 Better Denver Bond Initiative, and the creation of the 2009 Civic Center Park Design Guidelines. This project is clearly not a beginning, but nor is it an end. In his recent book, Why Architecture Matters, Pulitzer Prize winning architecture critic, Paul Goldberger wrote that a city resonates with the layers of time it reveals through its buildings. A city should feel as if it began long before you and will go on long after you. The past is not something sealed off to look at and then we go back to the rest of our lives. The past helps to define the present and in doing so, it continues to evolve. That, in so many ways, is the essence of Civic Center, a blend of old and new, our community's rich history intersecting with its limitless future. And it is the essence of the important restoration projects that we're launching tonight, honoring and mending the historic structures that give character to our city and provide the backdrop for Civic Center's future. We're very fortunate to have three special speakers tonight, all of whom are tremendous advocates for Denver's park system as a whole and Civic Center in particular. Mayor John Hickenlooper, Council President Jeannie Robb, and Manager of Parks and Recreation, Kevin Patterson, will provide background and context for these important restoration projects. They will be followed by architects, Tina Bishop and Nan Anderson, as well as the city's very talented downtown parks planner, Mark Bernstein, the three of whom will provide a very visual presentation on the restoration process itself, project timelines, park impacts, and more. Please note that the presenters and other members of the project team will take questions at the end of the program and out of respect for your time and the fact that the Capitol Hill United Neighbors annual meeting is at 7, we will do our best to conclude around 6.30-ish. Our first speaker needs no introduction, so I'm going to mix it up a little. Over the past seven years, we've seen him warm up his pre-baseball season pitching arm on Civic Center's Great Lawn. We've seen him grab a quick lunch at the Civic Center Eats Farmer's Market en route to a meeting. We've seen him enjoy concerts, narrate Peter the Wolf, and even give a couple state of the city addresses in Civic Center's Greek Theater. And when he gave a pretty important little speech on Tuesday about his future and that of Colorado's, guess which direction he was facing? Toward Civic Center. The newspapers have asked the question lately, in these troubled economic times, why would candidates want to take on the challenge of being governor? Personally, I think it's simple. The Capitol has quite a nice view of Civic Center. Please join me in welcoming Mayor John Hickenlooper.
2: You know, this is great in several levels. What's always a delight to be in this room. Uh, I remember sit, being part. I was lucky enough to spend about eight years on the board of the Denver Art Museum, and when we first talked about with Daniel Liebskind the idea of having a community meeting place in the art museum, one of the things we talked about was future efforts to revitalize and re-energize civic center. And to actually be here now and be down that road and in this beautiful space, uh, somehow it's especially sweet. Uh, I want to. Th- give special mention and appreciation of the Civic Center Conservancy, their board, uh, Linda Eichenbaum lent their remarkable leader, uh, and all that they've done. I also want to recognize and thank Don Hunt, uh, Amy Mueller, uh, all of our partners at CH2M Hill, who are doing a lot of the, where the, the rubber meets the road for our Better Denver program and these bond projects, some of which you're going to hear about tonight. Obviously, Denver Parks and Recreation, uh, and Kevin Patterson play a tremendous role in all this uh, and making sure that the Better Denver uh, bond program where it interfaces with the park is done right. And, of course, uh, our wonderful city council Peggy Lehman was somewhere. And I thought I saw there's Peggy Lehman back there. I thought I saw Carla Madison, although she might have slipped out. Um, and, again, our great city council president, who I'll lavish praise on later when I introduce her, Jeannie Robb. Uh, the 2000 Better Denver bond initiative uh, and it's enthusiastic approval by the voters, right? It wasn't just passed. It was embraced. Uh, is really a gift that keeps on giving. It's one of those opportunities. When you look at the, the, the effort the federal government did to try and create a stimulus package to put people to work and, and build our infrastructure, we were already doing it. Uh, in these, you know, challenging economic times, it is creating jobs. It is making crucial investments in our infrastructure that will ultimately lead to more successful, uh, a more successful economy. People say, well, how can investing in a park create a stronger economy? Well, I will guarantee you, when, and I spent enough time out trying to sell business executives in Silicon Valley or New York, and when I was out raising money for the Democratic Convention, I went to, I went on 22 trips over the course of about uh, 20 months, and as I was selling the convention, I was always selling the city, and the the inherent beauty of a city is important to the people that make a decision on whether they're going to open an office there. And they care about parks, especially a park like Civic Center that is strategically placed at the very heart of the city between the state capitol and city hall. When you look at the the, in addition to the park restoration projects you're going to hear about tonight, look at the other investments that we as a community have made over the, in the recent past, the soon to be completed Justice Center, right, will be have part of it done this spring, the rest of it uh, later in the year. Uh, The privately funded Clifford Still Museum, uh, which recently broke ground uh, and is the eventual neighbor of the Justice Center. Uh, The forthcoming bond-funded Crime Lab, uh, the currently under construction Colorado Historical uh, Museum, uh, plus a number of bond-financed streetscape improvements. The Civic Center District is home to not just a lot of activity, but, but significant investment. And I would argue that that's investment that's going to pay serious economic rewards. Uh, while each of the more than 280 Better Denver bond projects uh, have their own constituencies, few are as, as broad and as passionate as those who are, who, who are attached to Civic Center. Uh, Mayor Robert Speer perhaps said it best, he first envisioned Civic Center uh, more than a century ago uh, and he believed that the park would, as much as anything else the city could do, advertise Denver, stimulate civic pride, and encourage prosperity to abide with us. He did have a, a way with words. Uh, since its conception in the early 1900s, uh, through a number of different iterations, of planning processes, uh, to the completion of the Greek theater, uh, Voorhees Memorial uh, and the balustrade wall over 90 years ago, Civic Center has evolved to become the literal and metaphorical heart of the city. It's, it's where so many people, they feel it as the, as, as the magnetic center of our community. It's at the confluence between local and state governments, uh, a growing arts and cultural district, uh, a vibrant business district, vibrant business district, it's not that hard, um, and, and increasingly thriving residential neighborhoods. And if you were to step back uh, or, or step up, and you know Google Earth is evolving rapidly, and soon as they're gonna have, you'll be able to, uh, you can imagine taking a little helicopter, and you'll be able to fly anywhere you're at. I've seen this. Uh, and you can fly into Civic Center Park and look around, and then fly up and look down. So much what, of what is around it has already been improved and, and received investments, and yet if you look at the parts of Capitol Hill and out along Colfax that that really haven't received the investments, I think if we can, if if, if half of what we imagine for Civic Center comes true in the next five to ten years, the the natural response, just like the investments we we made in the art museum helped really stimulate the the arts district, uh, Civic Center will help stimulate a a whole rejuvenation of Capitol Hill and, and, and East Colfax. And if you look at the the increase in property values, increased sales tax, which again takes the tax burden off everyone else, uh, it becomes a very wise investment, and, and and it will grow and become our our main civic gathering place. Uh, but location, landscape, dramatic architectural backdrop aside, ultimately, it is always civic center is always rooted in its historic bones. Um, these these renovation projects that you're going to hear about tonight are. Uh, long-overdue calcium supplements. Uh, Mayor Speer believed that the beauty of a a city was an asset on every level and that Civic Center was was for Denver the cornerstone of civic beauty. Mayor Speer said, now quote, nature has been very lavish with her choicest gifts to Denver. Those natural gifts, when united with man's best efforts, form a drawing magnet which attracts and holds people. Today, Civic Center does continue to attract us, we go there for community events, large and small. Uh, it's shaded paths, it's scenic views. Uh, Civic Civic Center is able to continue to hold our attention uh, by making sure that, in some way, it it captures our collective imagination of, of where we've been and where we can go. What's what's possible in the years ahead. Uh, I think these ongoing enhancements, uh, amenities, and and public programming are going to re-energize Civic Center into. The, the dynamic public space that our, our civic leaders intended hundred years ago, and uh, really respond and, and, and expand our, our community's desires. You look at the list of, of what's going on, the return of uh, historic Carnegie Library, which is now the McNichols Building, uh, to public use during this summer's Biennial of the Americas, the eventual restoration and enhancement of Broadway Terrace, uh, enhanced connectivity to the park, Uh, amenities like clean and safe public restrooms uh, in the park. Uh, Each of these uh, play their own significant role uh, in in the enhancement and I think it's uh, really something that we as a community should be genuinely excited about. Uh, It is an expression of a community vision of what this park can be and what we can be as a community. I've said many times, I'll continue to say it, Civic Center truly represents in in almost every way, Denver's rich history of civic idealism and engagement, uh, from the people that first envisioned it to those who are now taking it on and and, and revitalizing it. Civic Center represents our our past, but it also is a a very sharp portrait of our future and our ability to to translate inspiration into action. Uh, So thank you for being here tonight. Uh, Congratulations to the Civic Center Conservancies, Denver Parks and Recreation, Public Works is playing a large role in a lot of this, uh, obviously the Better Denver Bond Program, uh, and all the, the contractors who've worked so hard to get us to this special kickoff. Um, and again, as always, special, special thanks to the Civic Center Conservancy for their advocacy, their stewardship, their their leadership, their, their raw energy that they are, are putting into Civic Center and from which we all benefit. Now it's my great honored to introduce a longtime champion of Civic Center um, and a tireless advocate for this park, uh, as she is for her entire district and really the entire city. Uh, Jeannie Robb is one of those rare people that is able to balance the the focus of a a defined city council district and yet balance that with a clear and compelling vision for the entire city. Um, She's council district 10's representative uh, and as current city council president, someone who really guides the vision of the entire city, our city council president, Jeannie Robb.
0: I have to say, one of the greatest pleasures of being on city council and being president of city council for the past year and a half or so is getting to work with John Hickenlooper as our mayor in Denver. Uh, He's one idea after another. He's passionate. He does have a vision for the city. And the assignment I was given tonight was to talk about the Civic Center Master Plan and the planning process and all that's gone into that. And I just want you to know that while I've had many discussions with the mayor, John Hickenlooper, I bet we've t- talked about Civic Center more than any one other thing uh, when we get together. Though we're thinking about the whole city always, as he, he said. Um, the, just, the vision, I really think, for Civic Center came from the community. And it started, as the mayor pointed out, we are, have a beautiful new Justice Center about to open this April. It started with the idea that we might expand and have our Justice Center in the Civic Center, that it's a logical place to, to put that branch of government, uh, the, the judicial branch, and trying to figure out how it all fit in. And folks in the Golden Triangle really were instrumental in saying we need a Civic Center district plan. That's before we even got to the park. And there were many people who are in this room sitting around tables in the web building talking about this whole district, how the park connected to it. And really, in a very logical way, realizing that the park was important and in some ways really did need to be reclaimed, the Civic Center Master Plan grew out of that planning process. And after that, there was about a year spent on developing design guidelines. Now, again, from the people I know in this room, I am amazed at the time and the heart and soul that Denver citizens put into planning processes. But this is one plan that I think Mayor Hickenlooper has said he's going to be, I mean, he's committed to all of them, but this is the one that I think it taking place is because of his special work on it uh... he really did see the potential and in fact the 2005 civic center master plan says the civic center is the heart and soul of Denver and you've heard uh... both lindy and the mayor talk about preservation activation enhancement and while we've had a lot of lively discussions about what activation and enhancement means and by the way civic center has always generated civic discourse it's the place for civic discourse uh this project tonight is a real joy because we can all lively endorse the goal of preservation and the preservation of the historic balustrade, which is really probably Bennett's most notable park feature, and the restoration of the Voris Memorial, which has had very little work done to it over the years, and the restoration of the Greek amphitheater, which I had a little work done in the 90s. When I first took office, we had worked on the seating there. Um, But this is going to be even more. And how many of you have seen the glass screen in the Greek amphitheater? I have to admit, I have not seen it down. And so you'll hear more about that later. Um, I'm just really happy to have been part of this. I think... Everyone and I too want to uh, mention Councilwoman Peggy Lehman. She chairs the Public Amenities Council, uh, Committee on Council, and she is a tireless advocate for Civic Center, although it's not in her district. I mean, all my colleagues get the importance of this beautiful neoclassical Greek revival, the city is important sort of place that epitomizes um, and expresses beauty and democracy in our civic realm. Uh, I am pleased to introduce Kevin Patterson, who is the manager of Parks and Recreation. Kevin is another person that I'm really enjoying getting to know as he has been manager of Parks and Recreation. We've worked together on several projects and always a calm head uh, and very thoughtful. So Kevin, see if you can find something we haven't said.
3: Thank you, Councilwoman Robb. Um, I, I can tell by listening to our previous speakers, um, there's, there was something I heard. My grandmother always had a saying, you know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, and, and as I was listening to the mayor and I'm, and I'm listening to Lindy and I'm listening to Councilwoman Robb, something that Councilwoman Robb said made a lot of sense to me. It was the conversations that she and the mayor ha- are having are a lot about Civic Center, which explains why they both call me a lot about this particular park on occasion. But that, that's just great because uh, as, you know, I'm a sports fan and I, I enjoy sitting at home watching a game that's uh, nationally televised in Denver and being able to see uh, all of our parks. But I get a special uh, tingle when I see Civic Center kind of uh, in the frame and it, it, it's showing the nation what a special place it is that for us here in the city and county of Denver. So I want to thank uh, Council President Rob and the mayor for their unwavering support uh, of Civic Center and also acknowledging uh, Councilwoman Lehman for her work that we, we do a lot together in, in terms of what we do with public amenities. Uh, we also want to make sure we thank the voters for, of Denver for the funding to do this project. Our staff, um, Mark's been really great working with this, Scott Robson, our Deputy Manager for Parks and Planning is here tonight, and also um, the folks that are out in the park uh, keeping it up to, I think, a great standard for for our patrons. and. And the, the citizens of Denver, we really need to thank them as well. Uh Raphael Augustine, everyone at Public Works. Uh, we don't do these projects by ourselves. We get a lot of uh, support across the city, but Public Works has been really helpful. Don Hunt, the Better Denver Bond team. I see a number of the, those guys here to, tonight. Doug Wagner, project management team, the Royal Bell Corporation, our partners including uh Lindy from the Conservancy, uh, Tina from Mundus Bishop and Nan Anderson, and the whole team at Andrews and Anderson Architects. Uh, the restoration team is Spectrum General Contractor, Slater Paul, Uh, building restoration specialties, I mean, it's been really great to everyone helping move this uh, project forward. Uh, And and I think this restoration uh, of these historic features gives a new definition and feel to it's been a long time coming, because that's exactly what it's taken. You know, the Greek theater was completed in 1918 and the Voorhees Memorial in 1919, and these historic features have been symbolic uh, of the representation of Denver and its civic center ever since that time. So as many of you will know, however, largely due to some deferred maintenance issues, these structures have uh, been in decline for many years. So in fact, in 2007, the park was placed on the list of most endangered places uh, by Colorado Preservation Incorporated because of the deterioration that was taking place. But now, however, because of the people of Denver, the Better Denver Bond Program, and these historic features, the Greek amphitheater, and Voreses Moral, uh, and the Balustrade Wall are going to be restored before this summer's over. So in anticipation of this project, uh, Colorado Preservation has elevated the park status to progress status. And and working closely with them and our partners, we plan to have it move uh, to save status before the end of the summer. Uh, so we're thankful to our community stakeholders like the Conservancy, Historic Denver, and others who are here tonight who advocated for Civic Center's inclusion in the 2007 Better Denver Bond Initiative. So, And we're gl- grateful for the voters for supporting these historic reservations and, and the importance of these structures, including Civic Center, uh, but to our community a- as a whole. So with that, I would like to uh, introduce and bring to the podium Tina Bishop from Mundus Bishop Design and Nan Anderson from Anderson and Andrews. Uh, architects who will describe the historic structure assessment that was completed.
4: Um, Thanks Kevin. Uh, Nan and I will be presenting uh, sort of in tandem, talking back and forth. Um, As um, Kevin mentioned, I'm Tina Bishop with Mundus Bishop Design, we're the Landscape Architects for the design of the restoration of Civic Center and Nan Anderson with Andrews Anderson is the design architect. Um, We're going to give you a little bit of an overview of what you can expect to see in the coming months for the restoration projects. This slide shows you sort of the scope of the work and the areas that have already been mentioned. Um, On the left, of course, is the uh, Voorhees Memorial in the sort of brighter green. On the right is the um, uh, Greek Theater that's already been mentioned. And connecting the two, of course, is the balustrade wall. Those are the three elements of the park that are part of the construction that you'll see in the park this summer, the restoration of the wall, and the rehabilitation of the two structures. Oh, you have the clicker.
5: And thanks, Kevin, for reminding me how old these structures are. I kind of think of this process as a bit of a facelift and think how any of us would look if we had to wait 90 years for a facelift. But they the, uh, the both structures are in amazing condition considering their age and What we're going to do is just give you a little flyby tour of what some of the issues are that we're dealing with So that since you weren't you didn't have the privilege of being on a 40-foot high lift Swimming in the wind on oops (laughs) On a uh, on a cold and windy day. We'll give you the all the experience without the thrill So the categories of work that we focused on were the uh, health and life safety issues, first and foremost. Stabilization and structural deterioration. Accessibility. And general maintenance. Whether you looked at it one way or another, these were the four categories just about everything fell into. The, um, The stone on the Greek and Voorhees both is a beautiful uh, Turkey Creek Sandstone, which is probably one of the finest sandstones I've ever encountered. It has a wonderful purpley graining to it and very characteristic and very unique to sandstone, to this particular type of sandstone. Now, unfortunately, the sandstone quarries were long, are long closed. One is a bombing missile range right now down at Fort Carson, so there isn't much opportunity to get much stone. So we had to be pretty creative about how we handle this. uh, I thought it was interesting that the Conservancy's, um, one of their logos has pigeons on it, or birds. (laughs) We spend uh, much of our focus trying to figure out how to get rid of the birds. But here's, oops, oops. Here's some of the damage that um, was wreaked by the birds. And the drainage is, roof drainage has caused any number of water issues, so water gets into behind the stone wall or into the stone cavity, and, and stones start pushing out, and then you get stone deterioration. And this is what it looks like on the inside. So 100-year-old cast iron pipes that have held up pretty well, but they're still leaking in a number of places, and this is a major part of, of the uh, deterioration, that major cause of the deterioration. And then ironically, some of the stones, with that beautiful, the the stones that have the highest level of purple in them, also coincidentally tended to be those that delaminated the worst. So we encountered any number of those high up on the parapet. And then of course the brick backing for the parapet that is also uh, missing a lot of mortar. This is the steel and concrete composite structure that supports much, much of the stage flooring. And as you can see, uh, again, over time, well-intending maintenance crews hose down the decks. The water seeps through the brick, gets into this concrete and steel structure, the steel rust. There you go. So we're having to replace some of this.
4: you flip for me. Yeah. Oh. And then on the exterior, one of the um, important elements of the Greek theater was to provide additional accessibility, not just for the theater itself, but really more for how you would move around the park. And we worked closely with the Commission um, for People with Disabilities on putting together this accessibility plan. Um, you can see a, a couple of the sidewalks that have uh, sort of disintegrated over time. Actually, the sidewalk up on the left-hand side was one of the uh, remnant features from the Olmsted plan that was the first plan um, that it was that occurred in the park before Bennett did his final plan that we see today. Uh, the um, The idea is to create additional accessibility around the base of the Greek Theater so you can get into and around. Um, into the park uh, better than you can today. That curving po- uh, path that I showed you in the previous slide will be replaced. It will become concrete, actually, for uh, longevity, and then a concrete piece will occur around the Greek theater. During the design guideline process, we put together what we called the Civic Center Concrete. And a big part of the design guidelines had to do with what materials we would use within the park. And that Civic Center Concrete has a graininess, a color, and a texture that's reminiscent of the concrete that was put into the park originally. And that will be used
5: for these new sidewalks. Going inside, the snowmelt system is, uh, what, it's about eight years old now, and there have been some leaks that have developed, so we're addressing those. Some backflow preventers, all that that stuff that you never see but that makes a difference. And then on the Voorhees, we had the same types of issues, same kind of Turkey Creek sandstone, so obviously it was abundant in the early uh, 1900s, not so much now. And here's an example, here's a great example of just the power of ice movement. Because he, here is a uh, about a two or three hundred pound stone that's just been shifted out slowly over time a quarter of an inch by quarter of an inch by ice expanding behind that wall and pushing that out. Same in this location here. Which is why you don't want water behind your structure. So m- much of what we're doing on the, uh, on the structure here has to do with getting a, a membrane directly under that top stone of the parapet, so that if water does get through that top stone, it doesn't get down into the wall. So that's going to really increase the longevity of both these structures. Oh, and we sorry, we also found that the uh, the pigeons like to actually build their nests on the inside of the structure because it's out of the wind. But they just have social time out here on the, <laughs> on the ledge. So we're, we're allowing them their social time out on the ledge, but we are taking uh, means to try to keep any kind of nesting from developing on the inside ledges and underneath the structure. And again, more of the same type of damage. Mortar joints falling out, needing to be repaired. Roof drains needing to be replaced. And bricks spalling um,
4: keeping it along in terms of additional accessibility and um, during the mayor's remarks he mentioned the connectivity of the park to the rest of downtown um, that's really important at the Voorhees Memorial if you're familiar with that connection to downtown Um, So we're looking at a similar treatment um, into the Voorhees for accessibility. Working with the Commission, we did determine that we would not be adding a ramp or anything like that up to the level of the Voorhees, but it was just as important to get um, an accessible route around the Voorhees and also into the park. Um, this is a plan that shows the Voorhees Memorial itself is up on the top of the plan, and the, the colored uh, version shows, or the colored area shows the area and the extent of pavement that will be replaced at the Voorhees Memorial. In addition to the accessibility, at the Voorhees, we are doing repairs to the seal pond, so you'll see that functioning better in the future. Uh, many of the repairs are things you actually won't see, but will make maintenance easier for the seal pond. There's an interesting manhole just south of the seal pond that we're um, replacing with a new pump system that you won't, will, will be located elsewhere in the park, so you won't see that. And the, the extent of that pavement um, – could you go back? Sorry, I was on pavement. You can see the uh, the amount of work that we'll be doing um, at the Voorhees. Once again, that will be using the Civic Center concrete, so we have a consistent material that really brings a little bit more elegance to the park uh, through its pavement. And then the next slide shows some of the individual features of the sealed pond that are part of the rehabilitation efforts for that.
5: We'll also be... Uh repainting the plaster, repairing and repainting the plaster on the underside of both structures, which was kind of fun because we did some paint analysis and found as many as about 12 different colors for the Greek. And, uh, of course, when you go back through time, people made some pretty heinous color choices. So uh, we chose something that's going to be really a great backdrop for the next governor, and we'll leave it at that. Um, The balustrade wall is a really important
4: feature of the park, and it um, really is that defining line. It creates a a terrace on the upper terrace, and it helps to define the lower terrace and really helps to define the spatial composition of Civic Center. It is, um, as Councilwoman Robb mentioned, it is one of the most important elements from Edward Bennett's work. Um, So we are looking at that very much in the same way that we looked at the Voorhees and the Greek Theater for stabilization and uh, to fix some structural deficiencies, as well as to make the upper and lower terraces more accessible to each other. um, Some of the issues related to the stone are similar to what we saw at the Greek and the Voorhees. Once again, the balustrade wall is also the Turkey Creek sandstone, primarily the original sandstone that was in the park. Um, In the early 90s, some of the pieces were replaced with the limestone and a different material. We will be retaining all of those pieces that are in good condition, but we do have quite a bit of work to do in repinning some areas, um, uh, doing some of the work you can see from the mortar damage at the top. The entire balustrade will have new mortar applied. It will also be cleaned, similar to the Greek and the Voorhees, to get rid of any stains and any of the graffiti. Um, Luckily, we only have a few places where some of the top rails need to be replaced or fixed And we'll be doing a little bit of stone patching to do those pieces Um, You can see this is just one of I think seven or eight sheets um, of the set of the balustrade wall We'll be looking at each um, sort of facade or each elevation of the wall um, to do that work At um, the north end and at the south end, we have a little bit more work to do than we do on the long piece. At the north end, there is a piece where the foundation is actually failing that will be uh, shored up. The foundation will be fixed, and the stones will be repaired. The mortar will be fixed, um, just like the rest of the balustrade. On the south end, if you're familiar with the connection from the Greek theater down to the lower terrace, you'll be familiar with the two set of steps. Historically, they tied to that network of paths, the gridded paths that were in the lower terrace. These steps will be restored. Um, actually, the interior part of the step will be replaced and the cheek walls will be restored. And then in the early 90s, there was also some work done to the connection between the upper and the lower terrace. This work will be um, replaced with a new ADA compliant uh, work a new design that follows the same alignment and the same form. We still have the grand staircase. We'll still have the two ramps on either side. We'll be simplifying the detail of the wall so it's a little bit thinner and a little bit more compatible with the park. And this is a plan that shows the extent of that work. Uh, To your right would be uh, Lincoln Park up to the state capitol to the left is the lower terrace And you can see in the center where the new steps will be um, added We're raising the elevation just slightly to get a little bit better view and we're doing all this work Of course in anticipation of uh, additional work that will come um, From parks and rec on the balustrade or I'm sorry on the upper terrace Um, With that, we'd like to introduce um, Mark Bernstein, who will take you through and give you sort of an idea of the sequence and the progress of the work that you'll see in the next couple of months.
5: And from the get-go, Mark was just a delight to work with because uh, what you want to hope for in a client is that the client sets the bar higher than you could ever imagine it would be set. And Mark did that on day one, and he was consistent about saying that this is a one-time Uh, opportunity to really make a difference for these structures, and we were going to do it right. So I applaud Mark for holding that, uh, holding us to it.
6: Thank you, Tina and Nan. First of all, I want to... Oh, I need that. Thank you. I first want to thank Tina and Nan for all their hard work that they've put into the project. Um, you know, I was sitting there listening to them and I was kind of reflecting back that it was just a, it was, it's hard to believe it's been a year when uh, we were walking through Civic Center dressed like this. It was, I think, pushing sub zero temperatures and all we could see was this much of each other as we're walking through the park talking about how we were going to start the process. And in that process, was developing a historic structure assessment and I really want to thank them for all their hard work, their dedication and perseverance to get us to this point. It has been quite a journey. And the work that they did in uh, that historic structure assessment really laid the groundwork in defining what our scope of work is and defining the program for these restoration efforts. So thank you very much. This past uh, fall, 2009, uh, with the assistance of Public Works and other city agencies, we issued a request for qualifications and a request for proposal uh, out to the development contracting community. And we were looking for specifically a design build team that would take on this challenge of restoring the historic structures and the balustrade wall. And through a very lengthy process, we uh, we received a lot of great, highly qualified teams. We selected ultimately um, Spectrum General Contractors in conjunction with Slater Paul Architects and Building Restoration Specialties. What we were looking at when we made that selection is we were looking for not only um, the team's experience in historic restoration preservation work, but also more importantly their experience working together as a, as a team. And they proved and exhibited that they had a tremendous amount of experience um, doing exactly what it is that we are asking them to do out at Civic Center. The project schedule, as I've outlined here, obviously there's a lot of interim steps in the schedule, but essentially uh, we are starting tomorrow, hence the uh, the kickoff event tonight. And uh, we're very, very excited to get this going. It's going to start January 15th, and our intent is to be completed by June 15th, before the biennial, barring no problems with inclement weather or anything else. But uh, at this point in time, we're very excited about having Spectrum on board, they, they've, they've really embraced uh, this opportunity and they are aggressively proceeding with uh, a lot of the paperwork and, and other things to, to really get the process going for us. And then as I've indicated as well, the, uh, the total contract amount was approximately $4.4 million for this restoration effort. A few months ago, um, I began working with the Denver Office of Cultural Affairs, and the event planners, recognizing that Civic Center is the heart of Denver. It is um, the major venue that annually hosts major events. We we knew that we had to work with these event planners. We wanted to work with the the event planners to ensure that we could cohabitate, make sure that not only could we take care of um, a very aggressive um, scope of work, within a very aggressive schedule, but also make sure that we could continue to host these very important events for the community of Denver. I've got four major events outlined here um, that we really have worked very closely with. These are, these are major events that, have been, that are permitted to date, uh, the first one being just this coming Monday. Um, they're going to be out there. They're, they're hosting their event primarily in the Greek theater area while our contractor is going to be um, staging immediately around the Voorhees Memorial, so we're going to be able to accommodate them that way. The, uh, the next slide that I'll be um, showing you, starting with the aerial, is kind of highlighting the, the areas of uh, influence or where we're going to be um, staging the construction. The blue area around the Voorhees Memorial, the balustrade wall, and then the Greek Theater. The next five slides um, are actually really important. These, uh, thank you to, to Spectrum, uh, general contractors for assisting us in putting these together, but a lot of time and effort was put in um, prior to issuing the notice, for, for notice to proceed to make sure that we could best accommodate the special events. And so I've got five slides just to kind of show you an exhibit exactly how uh, the, the restoration work will be staged, how they're going to sequence it and phase it, uh, around the park as time goes on. So this first um, site management and scheduling graphic is really focusing on the time frame from January 15th, starting tomorrow through February 22nd. You'll see that um, with the exception of, of Monday's Maraid, they will be focusing primarily around the, the uh, Voorhees Memorial. They're also going to set up their uh, restoration work around the balustrade wall and the uh, Greek theater as well. Recognizing too that Civic Center is a major connector in the downtown area, making sure or in recognizing too that um, the park is a connector to other areas downtown. We wanna make sure that we, we keep the park as accessible as possible. So what we're doing is uh, maintaining east-west access through here during this time. We're also uh, making sure that we maintain access through the east-west promenade through the balustrade wall during this period. During the period from February 22nd, leading up to the major Cinco de Mayo event, uh, the real major change here that we'll experience will be the closure of the uh, sta- stairs and the ramps in this area, and this will give Spectrum and and their subcontractors the opportunity to go ahead and rehabilitate the uh, the stairs and the ramps in that area. Again, recognizing and accommodating Cinco de Mayo, one of the one of the things uh, that they really raised um, as as a concern that we wanted to work with them on was making sure that we could provide that access through this promenade and we also wanted to make sure that we could um, allow them to use the Greek theater stage. So in this next um, graphic, the site management and scheduling plan number three, which happens to be a very short period of time, just during the event period of Cinco de Mayo, will have access through the promenade here and the Greek theater will be completely open and usable for that special event. The areas as we're identifying here are simply denoting uh, areas of sod restoration and reestablishment. The area around the Avorhees Memorial will still be uh, isolated for the restoration work. Following the completion of the Cinco de Mayo event, uh, from the period of May 11th leading up to June 2nd, getting very close to our scheduled completion date. Um, Spectrum will remobilize in the area around the Greek theater to take care of any last-minute items um, that that remain. They'll continue their work on the Voorhees and also on the balustrade wall, but of course then the uh, the, the, uh, promenade stairs and ramps will remain open and accessible. And then for the last few weeks uh, leading up to the biennial from June 2nd through June 15th, This is where we're putting the finishing touches on. This is the icing on the cake. Um, Structures will be completely restored. They're going to be shining. And other than that, um, as the areas here in green show, this is where we'll just be doing some simple um, site restoration work, which is just um, sod establishment. This is the part I get excited about. So this slide, all evening I'm sure uh, you've noticed we've been using these graphics over and over. This is the result of a a collaborative effort with the Civic Center Conservancy and and Parks and Rec. Um, The next few slides I'll be sharing with you is showing um, a system that Spectrum actually uh, came up with and that is in order for them to be able to complete this very temperature sensitive work during these winter months, they have to erect uh, encapsulation structures around the historic structures. And these, these encapsulations will occur essentially where they're gonna be doing the restoration work. And when, when we were moving forward with defining our scope of work, trying to brainstorm, figure out exactly how could we meet this very aggressive schedule, um, we knew that we were gonna have to enclose the structures but we also thought, well, here's a a great opportunity for us to really raise awareness of these restoration efforts, but more importantly, to really celebrate Civic Center as the heart of our city, and to really celebrate the fact that Civic Center is is a major cultural and historic resource that we have. And so, um, the next few slides I'll I'll, I'll flip through, just will give you an idea as to what to expect out there visually in the park. This is a close up of an enclosure around the the Voorhees Memorial. Uh, What this is showing is uh, the need to enclose the central area along with the east colonnade. Once that work is completed, specifically on the east colonnade, then the encapsulation will be uh, removed and then reconstructed or or re-erected on the west side of the colonnade. Just another view of the Voorhees Memorial from the Seal Pond perspective. And by the way, these banners are going to be 26 feet height, 10 feet wide. And then this is a graphic showing um, the Greek theater from the south side looking north. Again, the central area will be encapsulated with the uh, the west side, or the west colonnade will be encapsulated. Once that work is completed, then they will shift uh, the enclosure to the other side. So this concludes my portion. I just wanted to, again, uh, thank all the partners that were involved in this effort. This was a a huge collaborative effort, a lot of partners involved from the Civic Center Conservancy to all of our consultants that were involved in the initial phase, uh, Mundus Bishop, Design, Andrews and Anderson Architects, to now, um, as we are transitioning to our Design Build Team of Spectrum, General Contractors, Slater Paul Architects, and Building Building Restoration Specialties. I want to thank everybody all their help on this and we look forward to June and the completion of the restoration efforts. Thank you. Denver 8 TV
2: your city your
6: source.